All right, guys, welcome to the Cat and Cloud podcast. This is Chris Baca sitting right here with the emperor himself, Mr. Jared Truby. <laughs> and we are going to kick you a little Q&A episode. Everybody that wrote in, thank you so much. We got a lot of really awesome emails with a lot of really awesome questions. And I promised you I'd get back to you. And we're going to do that right now. We make good on our promises, We make y'all. good on our promises. Uh, before we get going, our iTunes new and noteworthy run is over. We've had our eight weeks so thank you so much for subscribing rating and reviews we were just kicking it there at the top of the charts and it is thanks to you guys but yeah we got to celebrate we did get to the number one spot for a brief moment it's been pretty wild in there yeah it's so and that's just all you really so thank you for subscribing thank you for uh representing us uh keep telling your friends though we want more listeners we want to keep getting out there yeah if you haven't subscribed or rated a review just do it anyway but um to make it a little bit easier for you, we uploaded and embedded all of the episodes on our website. So if you go to catandcloud.com, click on the little podcast link, and you can listen there if you don't want to listen in iTunes. That's right. And uh, also, for all y'all who may or may not be interested, Chris and I have been doing a little bit of soft consulting work. So if you are interested and you want to talk more about any of those things, hit us up with an email, info at catandcloud.com. Yeah, and Check the website. We've got some fun coffees on there. Um, we've got a few new things coming in in the next couple of weeks. we got subscriptions going. So we are rolling hard. We're selling Big Steps pretty fast. Yeah, we're almost out of Big Step Tampers. So if you want one, holler at us soon. Holler at your boy. And, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Uh, all right. Let's get to the questions. Let's get into those questions. Uh, first question is from Evan Morris at Vertigo Coffee. What's up, guys? My name is Evan Morris, and I'm a barista at Vertigo Coffee. I have met you, Chris before at some of the throwdowns at B2 in San Jose. Yep, I remember. And just wanted to say thank you for the podcast and all the knowledge. You are very welcome. I'm training a few baristas here at Vertigo and trying to get them through what I think of as a plateau in their latte art. We've been covering rosettas, tulip stacks, and what I call burials with hearts in hearts. Whenever I hit a plateau, I go back to the basics and even watch classic Baco Rosetta tutorial and put the tape on the cup. Nice. That seems to help out a lot. But it's good to get some more opinions. So any suggestions from the OBs? That's original baristas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, homies. Evan. Oh, Evan. Uh, what do you got, JT? Man, I mean, when you're trying to get back to basics, I mean, how far back is he going? You know, sometimes I honestly think about like I, I think about my milk texturing and those basics. Like instead of thinking about the actual pores, am I actually doing? Am I actually steaming my milk correctly? Am I drawing too much foam, too little foam, things like that? I mean, those are. Those are really big. Am I portioning the right amount of milk? To me, one of the hardest things about pouring latte art is portioning. If you over-portion, it's actually way harder. If you under-portion, obviously you're going to pour crappy latte art because you're going to run out of milk before your cup's full. Uh, but you might want to look at over-portioning. That's like a classic issue in my pro- in my my uh, from my perspective. Most people also over-portion. Yeah, also most of y'all are wasting a lot of milk. Um, and I think you said something really awesome about getting back to the milk steaming. Yeah. Because that is a problem that I think a lot of people have. And it's not because they don't know how to steam milk. I just got back from barista camp and there's a lot of... I had a latte art class with a lot of really awesome people who could pour like really awesome latte art. And a few of them had some like milk steaming technique issues that weren't major but they were enough to kind of bring out some inconsistency so i agree take it all the way back to the beginning and like who needs help if you have messed up a even just one pitcher of milk in the past month or two you should revisit the basics Mm -hmm. you should basically never mess up milk 
It just shouldn't happen. Don't do it. Um, and then, yeah, monk's heads are a great training tool. Monk's heads with no shaking, just mm-hmm. a straight drop form the ball is a really good training tool to do. Form the ball. To just kind of like, you know. Yeah, um, you're right. Get, get that design. Yeah, only manipulating flow rate and distance. Yep. No shaking into it. Because it's really easy to pour a crappy or half-ass Rosetta. And once you teach someone how to ros- pour a Rosetta or a tulip's even easier, yep. um, it's easy to let it slip. But if you can pour a perfectly round, centered monk's head, you're, you're doing some good stuff. So... Get the milk dialed in, get the portioning dialed in, pour some monk's heads, and just go from there. Agree. Right? Yeah, that's a cat fact. Oh, Evan also says, big shout out to Alex Rivera, my homie. Oh, oh Alex, girl. Alex, dude. we shout you out too. What up, Alex? All what right. up, Boris Evergreen? Next question from Brian Bullard, or Brian Bullard. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right. From the Boulevard. Brian says, yo, I've got two questions. So I work at a shop in Starkville, Mississippi, and I'm in a rut right now because I haven't had any breathtaking coffee in a minute or two. That's a bummer. Thus, my first question, what are some roasters that are killing it right now that I should look at ordering from? Okay, that's a good question. Two, y'all got any advice for growing the specialty coffee industry in the MS? It's incredibly hard to pursue a career in coffee in Mississippi, but I don't want to just pack up and go where coffee's at. Any words of wisdom? Thank you, guys. Love the podcasting slash blog. Brian. Awesome. Um, Brian, we've read your email like a while ago, right? And we, yeah, it's we, been a minute. Yeah, we thought about it. I think we maybe recorded an answer once. and We recorded and it and it got of, deleted, sadly. It got deleted. We checked we it. We had a video. Yeah. Um, so first question, who's killing it? There's a lot of people roasting really good coffee. There are. Um, I would just get on a rotation and order everyone's coffee. Uh, I really like that Onyx coffee. Yeah, Onyx is doing that a good I job. Brought back from camp though was really, really good. Ruby. Ruby's got some awesome coffee. Mm. 49th Parallel has been pretty consistently has good coffee. Four barrel. Four barrel. I mean, there's a lot of really good coffee. I would say don't buy the same thing twice mm-hmm. and just kind of cycle around. And you'll hit a few duds in there, but that's okay. Yeah, you'll, I mean it's all for experience and knowledge anyway at the end of the day. Yeah, you can probably learn just as much from bad coffee as you can from good coffee. You know it. And maybe even throw some cat and cloud in there. Who knows? You might want to try a little cat and cloud. Yeah, we got a couple coffees. Yeah. We have an Ethiopian Lemu coming out that's going to blow your face off. That Lemu fresh, son. Yeah. Um, question number two growing the specialty coffee scene. Oh, man, that is a rough one. That's a big one. I come from a small town. So does Jared, where there's just not a lot of stuff in general. So we feel your pain. Yeah, I mean, I, I you have to stay passionate and you have to stay hungry. So, I mean, Hopefully things like getting those coffees together and sharing them, even sharing them with people, right? Bringing other people into those experiences. Like that's, that's the beginning. That's the kind of spark that can get some people into it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to you and the people around you. Like it has to start somewhere. You either get to be a thermometer or a thermostat, bro. And you should be that thermostat. You should set the tone. If there's any other specialty coffee where you're at, you need to find those people. You need to grab those people and have like a little powwow. Have a little event. Have a powwow. Go get beers. Go do a cupping. Set up. It doesn't have to be like a mega event. You no. can be like, hey, we're doing a cupping here at two. We're representing coffee from all the specialty roasters here. And, you know, open. 
open the floodgates a little bit. I think when a lot of people are talking like third wave, hyper specialty coffee, they'll look for shops that are just like them. Like, okay, who else is doing this hyper specialty third wave thing? But maybe track down some shops that are maybe would fall into almost like the second wave category, Mm -hmm. but they're trying to do a good job. Maybe their coffee's not what the modern specialty coffee is, but you know, there's maybe like a twinkle in their eye and be like, you know, like, Get the people who care. Yeah, if they if these guys knew a little bit more, they would probably be crushing it too. So let's like let's get them in the mix, um, and just start like a weird Facebook group. I don't know. Social media is like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's hard out there, and I don't I don't know if I mean I I assume Mississippi's pretty pretty hot and humid. So I mean, especially this time of year. So I don't know. Maybe you experiment with some of that like some of those cold brew techniques and like maybe do that, that ice pour over Japanese pour over technique that, that could be uh, pretty rad. Get some people interested in like coffee that maybe is different than they have experienced it. A lot of the times getting something different in people's hands ultimately is what gets them interested, even if they don't like it. Right. So like find, find a way to get them something different that makes them remember what you're doing and then at least get them excited about it. If you are, they at least will be a little bit excited. Sorry though, we, that's, that's, a, that's a deep and big. It's hard to know commitment. without knowing your specifics. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know your demographic well enough. I sadly. would just say go, go get it. You be the guy. Don't wait for anybody else to do anything. You're just gonna grab the bull by the horns, and you're gonna start doing events and meetups and get-togethers, and like you're gonna have, a, you're gonna be the OG. Grab that net of and the catch scene. that beautiful butterfly. There's like yeah, catch the butterfly. I mean, okay, I came from Modesto, and there was like nothing there, and. Now, there's like a handful of baristas who are really passionate about specialty coffee right. there, which I think is awesome because it's a super small town, yep. Central Valley, California. It's just kind of out there, but it can happen. Big you just, time. You just got to get it. Um, next, Raymond. Oh, Ray. Raymond. Raymond says, hey, just wanted to send an email telling you guys how much I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. I've been homebrewing for around a year and a half right now, so it's nice hearing information from the industry side. Plus, I'm always looking for more coffee news information I can take in. I actually found out about Cat and Cloud when someone recommended a Kalita Way video on Reddit. Also, I wanted to add that watching Chris in the Ver videos about how to make coffee with different brew methods really helped me when I was first starting out. Well, Sweet. that's good to hear. Thank you. I definitely don't know nearly enough about coffee, but I really hope to learn more about it once I finish college in a year. Keep up sweet interviews. Well, Raymond didn't have a question question there, but... (laughs) Oh, Chris. (laughs) Hey, Raymond, thanks for the shout-out. Raymond, thanks for the shout-out, and uh, keep home brewing. So, yep, (laughs) I put that in the questions. That's cool. Good good reading. Good reading. Is that from Haley Bluth? Haley Booth. Blue, blue, booth. Hi, friends. Hey. Haley says, recently, James Hoffman released his findings from the espresso survey he conducted on his website. One to two. The state of espresso (laughs) means... The state of espresso seems to be rather homogenized. Either it's because of social media or because of organizations like the Specialty Coffee Associations of America and Europe. Do you think this is a good thing or do you think it's bad? Consistency is great, but are we taking taking the art out of espresso? Okay. Thanks, and thanks for the great podcast. Chewbacca for president. Haley Booth. We We, would suck as president. Yeah, we'd be horrible. But thank you for the vote of confidence. (laughs) Thank you for the vote of confidence. Don't vote Trump. Maybe we'll be veep together. Yeah. Oh. Um, Consistency is great. But are we taking the art out of espresso? Yes and no. And yeah, I get you. I know um, your heads out with that one. Yeah, I think a couple of different things. I mean, so the James Hoffman survey was awesome. Super great survey. Um, I 
for me, where I'm at right now, I think what I want out of espresso and what a lot of other people want out of espresso comes down to like the stylistic call they want to make about it. So, you know, we had Frank on here. He's pulling a one to two. We're kind of at like a one to two plus or like a one to one seven five if it's maybe like a milk drink. Yeah, we've blend. Got, we're, we're going to do two at Cat and Cloud. So uh, it just depends on the coffee and the intended use of the coffee. So I'm, I break it down into two categories. Consistency is great for people who need it. So if you're starting out, let's say you're brand new to specialty coffee, you're a brand new barista, maybe you're a brand new shop owner, you don't know what's happening, you take a SCAA course or a SCAE course or you read the blogs and you don't know where to start with espresso. And someone's telling you like, okay, you should start at this brew ratio because that's a nice, safe place for you to be. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's step one. But I think if you want to push it beyond that, you owe it to yourself to experiment a little bit. Go outside of the box and don't just take what you read for like gospel. Yeah. And you got to figure it out yourself. Yeah, I, I f- so agree with that. You cannot, you cannot take the. I, I assume you're going to say one to two ratio, which is kind of what he's saying is the is the winner these days, or any ratio, or, or any yeah. ratio for that matter. You're right, and and just expect it to be good like you're gonna have to tweak it and sure consistency is great but just putting yourself in a box is the worst thing ever i think first you need to cut a hole in the box you got it step one is step cut one a hole in the box. always cut a hole in the box it's true and jump right out and then find where it suits you because like i briefly jumped in there i mean chris and i at cat and cloud we're gonna have two different styles of espresso and one will be one to two plus and one will be more it's smaller one to yeah. 1.5 to 1.75 to like uh, right where it dances you know right. you know like right in there but they'll be for specific things and for us to just say well espresso is this now already puts us in a box and i'm i'm anti-box i hate the box and yeah social media nobody wants to be the outcast guy right like nobody wants to be the not cool guy because when everyone's reading the same blogs and they're like man you're not cool unless you're one to two in what are you doing i Good get rap. it was that a rap you're not doing unless you're one to two in oh man we should be for president <laughs> we should we should probably be for president yeah agree so yeah cool that cool that you checked out the survey and yeah i'd say it, i guess i'd say like if you do something different speak up about it and like speak up proud like if you're like i brew one to one and a half so that's what i do so you can stuff it i guess also the last little note i'd say to that you live in a place where nobody likes one to two ratios at all and you're trying to run a shop and nobody's coming in because you're doing one to twos and then you go to one pool 1.5 and everybody's coming in and you're making money and you're selling specialty coffee maybe take the cue do what the people like that's a great point so are you talking about listening to your customers are you talking about having a successful business are you talking about man is something in trouble out there what are you even talking about hark okay (laughs) (laughs) thanks Haley. Uh, this question is super deep, so I'm going to save it for last. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to skip to Neil Clark. Neil says, hey, guys, I just started listening to your podcast and loving it. I've been watching Baca's Brew Guide videos for a long time, though. I'm not in the coffee industry, but I'm passionate about coffee and have the dreams of making the career change someday. That's awesome. Anyway... I have an idea I'm hoping you can address. I think it would be cool to have a coffee shop set up like a bar that serves alcohol. Patrons come sit at the bar, start a tab, order drinks from the barista. 
The barista can show off drink preparation skills just like a good bartender does. There are times when I want to have a couple espressos over the course of my visit, but have to pay for them one at a time, brought to my table, or handed to me while I stand near the bar. Would be way easier to just start a tab. Hmm, yes, I see what you're saying. So, what do you think of this concept? Is there a good reason why it's not more prevalent? Are there places out there that do it? I live in Seattle and haven't found many, although I think Slate does something close. Thanks, guys. Well, Neil, you bring up a lot of really cool stuff that a lot of people talk about. And um, I actually used to like this idea a lot. Um, I actually don't like it that much anymore. Nor do I. We Uh, talked about this a lot, Chris and I, in the past. Yeah, and I don't know how many different reasons we have, but I like the concept of, of running a tab. Like, that seems cool because I, like you, have wanted a couple drinks over the course of time. But I will say this. Um, if your regular coffee shop is awesome, they should be able to do that for you anyway. Yeah, it doesn't um, take much. Yeah, you don't need to have bar-style service to run a tab. The reason that I don't like bar-style service is because it's confusing for people, and it never breeds good customer service. Ever. Ever. It just doesn't happen. People will say that it does, or people will say that like in the perfect vacuum, you get this ultimate mix of interaction. And no. What really happens is... like. The quiet guy gets squeezed out. And the quiet guy waits to pay for like the next six hours. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, he's like... Either he's forgotten or he's, he's forgotten on the other side. He's, the yeah, he's forgotten at the front of the transaction or he's forgotten at the back of the transaction. Yeah. And I know because I'm usually the quiet guy. Because when I go out for coffee, I'm just like, I don't want to have coffee. So I don't want to feel... Like if I'm not in the mood to like bully through a crowd... Because like, let's say you have a busy coffee shop... You know, and you're doing substantial numbers, you're going to have a huge clusterfuck of people at your bar if you're running it like a bar. Oh, yeah. It's going to be psychotic. Um, and like, I don't want everybody to have that experience of like, okay, I'm pinched between this guy and that guy, and I'm short, so the tall guy, or like, I'm, uh, I have my kids with me, so I can't get oh. up next to the bar. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the, the list honestly goes on. I mean, just think back to those times if you're over 21. <laughs> where you are only 21 and you don't get served because you're only 21 for like six hours at the bar and you're all, I just want a freaking drink. Right. You're just like standing there and you're like, yeah, at first you just sit there and wait. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the bartender will see me. And he never does. And then you're like waving your arm around. You're like, hey. And he's mean. all, that's the young a-hole. You're he like, can wait. this guy sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to help these people. Yeah. You know. Well, that won't happen in coffee. Maybe you don't mean to do that. Imagine there is 35 people and you forgot who was next. And is there anybody who's next? And is the first last and the last first? It's just gnarly. There's yeah. no system to that. And honestly, a good business is run on systems. The one system that is almost... I've never seen this in coffee, but um, they do it at the deli, which is an interesting, like, almost in-between, is, like, go in and take a number. Yeah, number could work. So we would get sandwiches at Luca, which is right next to Ritual mm-hmm. on Valencia, and you go in there and you grab a number first thing. Right. And until your number is called, no one will give you the time of day. Right. Like they won't even look at you. You'd be trying to get the guy's attention behind the counter and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. So yeah. you're like, okay, this is crazy. The first time I was like, whoa, this is gnarly. But once your number does get called, they will spend all the time with It's like your show. Mm. whatever you need they're not rushing to get through you if you want to have like a 15 minute transaction you totally can because you put in your time and waited and got your number so i don't know i mean we would never do that no i wouldn't at least right now but like 
I, you know, a line works for like a really nice stress-free coffee environment. You yeah, because I mean, your expectations being met when you wait in a line, you're like, okay, well, I'm next. And if you're not waiting in a line, your expectation is like, I hope I'm next. And it's like, I mean, let's be real. It's like six thirty in the morning. Yeah. No yeah. one, no one's trying to fight through like a mob at six thirty in the morning. Yeah. People are on their way to work. You know, they want consistency. They want to know that they're going to be taken care of. There it is, and there it was. But That's yeah. our opinion. I mean, yeah. I don't think those are bad ideas. A lot of people have had those ideas. This is just how we feel about it. Yeah, we're just human beings who feel. But that is a great question. Okay, this is a long one. Where everybody knows. Okay, let's, let's just go for it. Next question is from Lauren Evangelist. Great name. I think I'm Amazing results. <laughs> hey, Cat and Cloud. Hi. I recently wrote to you guys on Twitter, which, by the way, thanks for getting back to me. Oh, that was Jerry. We try our best to get back to me. <laughs> That was Crystal. I don't give anything. I don't know. <laughs> Nailed a it. A little about me. I worked in and out of coffee for the past eight years or so, starting at Starbucks, going to Pete's, and then working in a variety of small coffee shops while I was in college. After college, throughout the past few years, I've been in search of a great coffee shop to work, learn more at around my area of central Massachusetts. Is that what that is? Yeah. About a year ago, when I didn't find any, I decided to start a pop-up coffee shop called Revelry Coffee. Rad. I do pour-over coffee and hotter iced seasonal drinks at farmer's markets, local events, private parties, and corporate functions. So, I want to take my part-time business to the next level and do espresso so badly. Instead of going straight for the brick and mortar, I'm opting for a coffee truck trailer, which I like to think of as my phase two. I'm curious if you have any suggestions on awesome, affordable equipment that I can look into so I can start to make this dream more of a reality. I'm also wondering if you have input on how I can either self-train or get a little more know-how in rocking out on bar. It's been a few years since I've been in that grind, but I'm eager to get practicing and vibing. So any advice on legit anything you think may help me out is welcome. Hope to hear from you guys, and thanks for always keeping it real on the podcast. P.S. Which one of you is Cat and which one of you is Cloud? I've been wondering that. I've been wondering if I missed that snippet. Best. Lauren. Uh, Lauren, Jared Truby is the Cloud. Because I'm crazy. Because he's crazy. And his brain's all over the place. I am the cat because Julia said so. <laughs> um, okay. Affordable equipment. That is a tricky one because espresso stuff is pretty, pretty expensive. expensive. Yeah. I mean, I would say if you're going to buy something new, go base model everything. You don't need any fancy anything. You know, you don't need pressure profiling. You no. don't need the options. So let's say if you were going to buy a La Marzocco, two group, Linea Classic, you're good to go. Hey, I think that's the best bet. You and don't, if you, you don't want to pay less, you might even, you might even be able to pull off a Linea Mini. But oh, for, if you, for if a you, catering truck? Yeah, I don't know. Like it depends Maybe. on how, it's hard to tell, right? If you're like thinking about a line, I don't know how the two group. works. It works great. I used it for two hours at W. Oh, really? It yeah. Shout you out heard. to La Marzocco and the Linea Mini. Dude, you heard it, it held there up. first. Linea Mini. It held up. But yeah, that's that's my jam. Two group, Linea, straight up. And then you it might be worth contacting some specialty roasters or that you have contacts with and seeing if they have like a used equipment graveyard that's sitting there. It's a good idea. Like whoever you get coffee from, like, hey, do you guys have an old training machine that you'd be willing to part with or something? Grinders. Yeah, because most people have some stuff sitting around. Mm-hmm. So I'd try that move if you're on a budget, which everybody is. Every, everybody is. And then 
Self-train. Um, that's hard. That's hard. I don't know. The thing about self-training is that it's hard to get past. Like, you, you're going to push yourself as hard as you can, but people typically get better because somebody else is pushing with them. So I would almost suggest, like, bring on a friend who's equally as hungry with you and start teaching yourself and learning and looking into as many resources as possible and then basically basically slit yourself in competition all the time to try to be better than each other with the, like in a friendly way yeah. right yeah like for sure push the envelope because you i mean honestly me too if if i'm by myself and i'm quote unquote the best i'm around and i'm not being pushed to be better you're the best all right, all right. it's hard to get better you need you need you need to have somebody pushing you or that that makes you want to do a good job and you just need to do it so i wonder if like if you have some free time and you could get a two-day-a-week job at a coffee shop, maybe like, you do it. Maybe you could do that. Like if you were, you could work full production bar and be like, hey, I have this truck. I don't know what else you do. But I'm trying to just hone in. The best way to, yeah, like Jared said, the, you got to be around people who are doing the same thing and people who are going to gonna kick you into gear. So maybe you could get a job at a specialty roaster and I think there's a few around where you're at. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. There's probably one around. I, I mean, like I said, you should do all these things. Self-training is just hard. Yeah. It's just hard. And I think you could probably do a great job. You just have to be incredibly disciplined and reach out to every single resource around and just ask a lot of questions and apply it. Don't ever, don't ever accept good enough. Yeah. Keep the hustle going. Thank you for the question. Thank you for your time. Thank Is that John Martin from LaMille Coffee? It's John Martin. I love you, John Martin. John Martin from LaMille Coffee. You, you want to read this question? Oh, I sure do, Chris. I haven't read a whole question tonight. Sorry. Hey, fellas. <laughs> That's how it started. You want me to do a voice, even though it's not even close to his? Uh, I don't want to get in trouble doing an impression, so I do, probably won't. Can you do his voice? Nope. Does I'm not he even do have a voice? Ever again. He's got a voice in coffee. He's a hello. This is TV's John Martin. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Martin. Hi, it's me, John Martin. I'm trying to sound. Yeah. All right, John. Here's what he says. I've really enjoyed the podcast so far. Thank you very much. And I thought I'd throw an idea at you. Love ideas. I'm an idea guy. I really like the episode talking about dialing in with scales because it gave good perspective on where our industry came from and, the, and sort of where it's going. I'd love to hear something similar about all caps blends. 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 One, I'm curious about whether Cat and Cloud will do blends or not, and why. I can start with, yes, we will, for sure. We'll talk about why in a second. Two, I think it would be interesting for a lot of people to hear sort of the role of blends and how they traditionally comp- they are condi- traditionally composed and how they've changed. And three, where slash how do blends fit into our currently farmer-centric industry? Pretty much everything runs in cycles. Do you think blends could return to the focus again while still giving a nod to the farmer? Oh, man. These are all good questions, John. These are actually really great questions, and Chris and I think about them and talk about them a lot. Um, To jump off, we will have blends, like I said. And why? Well, in in our opinion, there's there's a couple reasons. Blends, you can get you can get a lot out of them. You can get a, like a consistent flavor profile out of them. Um, with multiple different coffees if you do a good job both roasting and sourcing coffees with uh, specific varietal characteristics. So 
that's one way, one reason. And uh, the second is I think that you can get a far more complex espresso for milk specifically with a blend. Um, so that's that's my two cents on that. Chris, you got anything out of that? Nope, pretty much agree with all that. I like blends too, honestly. I, well, I, I find that they're fun. It's a very cool way to be creative, to create a flavor profile that is more complex. I mean, the idea is you're getting more complexity out of a drink at the end of the day. Yeah. And you can do that. For sure. And, okay. Oh, man. This is, okay, I'm going to blend. I'm going to blend. Oh, Chris. <laughs> I didn't That's even, not a pun. I didn't even mean to do that. I'm going to blend a couple of your questions together. Acronyms. So, you know, where do blends fit into our currently farmer-centric industry? Are we going to do blends? Why? Um, what the role of blends? Okay, I'm going to tack all these things at the same time. Tack them and bag them. Um, one, I do not think we have a farmer-centric industry. I think we have people that work in our industry that are farmer-centric. But I think if you looked at the people who are buying your product on a large scale, you would probably see that your biggest sellers, unless you don't offer them, are blends. Probably darker roasted blends. Um, and That's I think that goes for most of the hyper-specialty third-wave roasters. So saying that our industry is farmer-centric, just because we might be, is maybe like a... You know, I don't necessarily know if that's happening. But I, think, I, I do know what you're saying, so I'm not like being like, um, And then where that where I'm coming back to that in the first question was like, are we going to have blends? Yes. And not everyone is a coffee nerd, and that is totally fine. And for those people who just enjoy drinking a cappuccino or a latte um, and want something that's familiar all year round, I would personally feel like I would be letting my customers down if someone wanted that and they came in and got a remarkably different drink every day. Like mm -hmm. if they're like, this week we're running SO Yerg and then next week we're doing, you know, some like natural from Panama or whatever. And every week they're like, okay, my latte tastes different every week. Yeah, I liked it then. Yeah, and there was I like now. <laughs> I don't now. There's like a very small percentage of people who I think will appreciate that. But and you know, most people will be like, I just want my cappuccino to taste good. Yeah, I mean even like, to how it tasted to your, yesterday. To your point, I think if we were to do a customer survey, people for the most part would not say, I liked that coffee from Wilfred Lamastis or I liked that coffee for Louise Pedro. They're gonna say, I like the Columbia. And I like the yeah, Panama. Yeah, I like the Panama. Remember that Panama they had? Remember that Colombia they had? And so, uh, to Chris's point, I don't think we have a farmer-centric industry. I think we have people wishing we had a farmer-centric industry. And and that, I think, when it actually is one, and people are consistently speaking of the farmer or or farm or even just, like, consistently the washing station, that's when we're, like, going in the right direction. It's like a whole. Like, if your customers come in and be like, oh, I want that Hellsar de Zarcero, right. that's, you, like, a pretty big deal. And you see that with some of the more famous farms a little bit. Like a little bit. We had some of the people who did remember Alita from back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I don't think we should be, like, ashamed that we're not there We're yet. just young. Yeah, we're young, and it's, like, a super long play. I mean, we're infinitely... There's way more awareness of where our product come from comes from than like five or six years ago. Yeah, we're doing the right thing. So we're doing the right thing. It just uh, takes a minute. I think uh, number two is interesting you know, when he says, here's sort of the role of blends and how they've changed traditionally composed. Wait, role of blends and how they've oh how they've changed. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I think Jared hit the nail on the head. So when I think of traditionally composed blends, I think balance and body is the only thing that anybody wanted. 
Yeah. Uh, for the most part. Totally. You know? Northern Italian style. Yeah. Or if it's like a drinking blend, you just want it to be bold and probably not change all the time. Right. You just want it to be consistent. But I think there is like a play for um, for complexity and just kind of making making some things come alive in, in different ways. And I, I, you've seen this in a couple USB-C performances too of people taking blending a little differently and experimenting with it and like okay like i'm gonna blend two things from the same farm like you know one's pacamara one's bourbon or something like that and doing you know kind of like single origin blends right not like not that's not like what they're doing right now like that's not like a huge thing but i could see that going in some weird direction like almost wine-esque ah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but honestly, man, maybe their role hasn't changed at all. I had something good to say. Oh, I remember. I totally remember what I was going to say. I now. fully, I started reading the, yeah. You good. reading the other side of the paper? I picked it up and I was like, whoa, the mayor was in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, the mayor of the city was in here. Um, I think blends right now, their main role is to drive revenue <laughs> and drive sales for a lot of, That's a lot of companies. True. It's like, this is what keeps you open. So that you can buy the fancy coffees that you really want to buy. I think that's 100% true. And I think, uh, I mean, it takes people to figure out a way to bridge the gap, right? So like in my mind, I feel like Chris and I could ease, not easily, but we could put together like a really fun and exciting blend of coffees based on roast profiles and things and like post roast blending them so that they can taste unique and that they can work in all these different ways and that they can melt minds. But at the end of the day, I think Chris is right in the back and the, in the past blends were just like make bigger body to cut through milk and then add one nice coffee to make, have an accent of something cool and a little sparkle. Yeah. add a little sparkle and a lot of, a lot of body. And I think we're to a place now where we've got such good quality and, and, and understanding of roasting where we can get a lot out of those things and actually maybe have a, we could actually get like you you said like blending wines together and and getting cultivars and just like creating something really unique. I like a nice espresso blend also. I love espresso I, blends. I like love espresso blends. They're just like they're just good. I yeah, mean they're if, very if, good. if they're good they're good. Yeah. Uh okay, we're going to end on a banger. Barn burner. Let's finish this thing off, Chris. Oh, and it's literally from Patrick Burns. So oh, it is a burner, Patrick from, burner from Palace Coffee. Patrick writes, what's up, gentlemen? Hi. Thank- <laughs> Thanks for putting on this podcast. You're welcome. Our crew at Palace is eating it up and getting a ton out of it. That's great. For me personally, it is great hearing from so many rad people in our industry talking about the importance of customer experience and enjoyment. I feel that it's easy for new baristas who want to grow up and focus to get who want to grow to focus and get lost in the high-level coffee noise, and they lose the most important part of what we do, which is hang out with people and make their day just a little bit more enjoyable. They lost it, Mav. Man, he's lost. No, he hasn't. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, oh, I hate it when, hate he, does when he does that. He lost it. On to a few questions. Barista, de- barista development is highly important. Agree. W- <laughs> agree. That's a state. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys going to do to invest in your staff when you get your brick and mortar up and running. Oh, you sandbag son one. of a bitch. <laughs> this two. is a barn burner. We had this conversation walking here, literally. Um, what is the financial responsibility you guys will take on versus the barista when it comes to personal development? 
i.e. BGA dues, camp, competitions, origin trips, etc. How are you guys invested into it, Ver, for your own growth? Oh, man. These are heavy questions. <laughs> well, that's just a few questions to start. <laughs> I'd also love to hear what you think about the new regional competition concept. We actually just covered that in episode with Chris, Chris Mendoza. Mendoza. So, so listen to that one. We answer your question. Hang tight. With Personally, I grow more in relationships at competitions, and it gets me stoked to see what people are doing in their routines. I fell in love with the craft at SCA 2011 and competitions in particular by watching all of you guys. I never thought I'd do it myself, but here I am a few years later, and I and some of my staff has graced the stage at multiple times at regionals in the U.S. Awesome for Cheers. doing that. Patrick. Well, Patrick. Man, you just those really, are great questions. You really... uh could almost do a whole episode with just those, but you, we should just kill it. You really twerked the burk. <laughs> yeah, that's a new statement. It's called twerk the burk, okay? Take it home. Okay, what are you guys going to do to invest in your staff when you get your brick and mortar up and running? Okay, this is like an infinite... Uh, fuck. This could, just take, this could take hours and hours and hours, but I mean, here is... So if we get into this, we're almost going to answer questions about how we were poured into in the past and um, maybe let's do this. <laughs> how we poured into at Verve. The way we were poured into at Verve was we were given the ability to compete. We were supported in the ability to compete in the coffee competitions. Um, and with that, they gave us a pretty legit budget as far as like what we needed to do a good job. Um, we were compensated or we were supported heavily monetarily. We were supported hev- heavily monetary. Monet- what Chris said. Meaning. But in English. Meaning, which kind of rolls into your uh, second question about financial responsibility. When we were competing at Verve, uh, Verve took care of our plane tickets, our competition dues. We had a budget for serveware mm-hmm. and, you know. All that stuff. We did not have to put our personal money into competition whatsoever. Right. We, you know, they paid for our coffee, obviously. It Maybe was, some food. Like it was we paid great. for our food. We paid for it. some snacks and then uh, whatever, like, kind of clothes we wore. Yeah. Like our fancy, fancy suits and hats. Yeah. But they, we, they we supported us heavily when it came to that stuff. That was... Um, Which is great. And that was what we... Yeah, it was really cool. Um, when We were talking about supporting people when we get here. And we kind of first started with just, like... Um, phase one, like kind of just making sure everyone is communicated with well. That's like the first level of investing in staff, I feel like. And, you know, <sighs> like, right? Okay, this might be long and maybe this... Just, no, it's just really maybe, good. Maybe I this just, just goes. So I think we just are different. I think we think differently than maybe he's even... I, not he's not ready for, is, but he's gonna be like, "What the hell?" Yeah, this is not what he. This is not what he expects. Yeah, an answer for sure. So get ready for our, our vision. We're just gonna kick it. Okay, like, yeah. um, have you ever worked at a coffee shop and you've got like an email about something and it's like, "Hey guys, this is the new thing that we're doing on staff," and you're like, "Cool," and then you get to work and then like you just start working and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, didn't you know we make the thing like this now?" Yeah. Um, we think that's a horrible way to communicate. So just phase one of investing in your staff is touching base with everybody. Like mm-hmm. when you come on shift. You should get a, a really quick prep from your manager or whoever the shift lead is on new updates of the company, things that are going on in yep. person. In person. In person. 100% human human contact. Consistent. And, you know, that doesn't sound like investment in like, okay, like I'm sending you to a thing. But that, I, I feel like that's like a, a basic level of respect for your employee mm-hmm. and also ensuring that your business is going to succeed in the best way possible. Yeah. Uh, so big. And then 
that that kind of that kind of bleeds into some some other things that we were we were just kind of talking about. Um, well, let's talk about the the work share, or the um, like profit share. Is that what you're, what no, you're saying? No, the um, the work share, roll like, swap, like the roll swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean, as an idea. Yeah, yeah, I mean, ways to invest in our staff is is in one way is like the ability to keep people mentally clear and excited and engaged by offering them different opportunities to learn. So, for instance, it's like. Yeah, the role swap, we're calling it. It's You've been trained, you've been a barista, and all of a sudden, Chris and I are going to pull you off and you're going to actually go roast coffee with us for a week and work on the production floor and you're going to you're gonna learn all about roasting and you're going to actually do it. And sure, that won't be your job, but we're going to pay you for it and you're going to do that for a week and you're going to come out of there, first of all, kind of mentally rested from the scene, but second of all, learning more about your craft and what you do and getting f- a fuller connection to the coffee. And we've got... We've got many different versions and ideas of kind of what we're talking about that is kind of in our vision and our values that we're going to touch on and do things for our people in different ways. But, I mean, that's that's right. another way that's, we're going to pour into our team is is not only giving them respite, but also it's a learning opportunity and in a way to engage fully and more with our product and Chris and I, most likely, in an individual basis in our roastery and and even like yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily need to end in the roastery. It, no. it can go anything that you do. Like if you are the roaster, yeah, and you already know how to work bar, and maybe you've already done that bar work week. You know, maybe you do a week in the office. Maybe you do a week doing um, like helping out with the media stuff and seeing how yep. that works on the back end, or just packing and shipping. Um, and again, not necessarily a monetary investment, but really important. And what we found at companies that we've worked for is that everybody fucking hates each other, right? Yeah. Like the baristas are like, oh dude, the guys up in the office just are just so off. fucking lazy yep. sitting and staring at computers all day. Yeah. And then like the guys in the office are like, the guys in the roastery don't do shit. They're just running around and like, how come like my wholesale account doesn't have his order yep. and like what's going on? They're always losing stuff. And like, so hopefully, you know, by, by rotating people around, you not only get that break, like Jared said, but you understand how other aspects of the business run. So you can respect that and understand like what other people's workload is. Yeah. Mutual respect across the company will grow and ultimately you'll continue to reach your goals with less hurdles. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, going on from that, you were talking about some of the like, hey, T- take a vacation. Oh man, We're, we believe in quality of life. It's paid for. <laughs> yeah, we want we want to support and not only support but force people to take time off. Because the reality is if you're not mentally ha- happy and healthy, you aren't able to give to not only my company and by my I mean Chris and I's but I'm saying it like super intense. But also <laughs> our guests. Like you're not able to give them 110% and there are so many different ways to do that. Sure. Maybe it's, Hey, we're paying for you to be off for the next four days or whatever, five days. And, or maybe it is, we are going to send you to some sort of thing where you get to like, and this may be cheesy, but it's like, maybe we're going to take you, send you to a chiropractor once or twice a month, or maybe we're going to send you for a massage and like, or whatever, you know, like there's things we can do to help you, feel good about your life and your life is ultimately important and if your life is good so will be your work and there's many ways to invest there and we'll be creative and thinking we have many ideas i'm pretty psyched the other thing is this it's like which was back on the the whole opportunity to do something different say the person in our company understands budgets 
They understand what kind of coffees we love. They understand forecasting and they understand, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. Johnny, do good. Enjoy your trip to Columbia. You're buying all of our Columbia for this year. And like maybe Chris or myself or someone else goes with you, but like you're in charge. We trust you. Enjoy the ability to be trusted and to pour into our company and show your level of ownership because we believe in you. Right. It's so cool. I don't know why nobody does this and if it's fine if you don't, but it's not fine. That's why we're opening a company. Well, it was rad. I mean, um, you know, I talked to Billy and he's like, Oh, I, I got some coffee for you. And he's like, Great, send it to Brett. Yeah. That's and awesome. He vets all the samples. Right. And he's like, I, I dude, Brett. this guy's dialed in, dude. I don't even need to think about it. Yeah. You know, if he makes the call, it's money. Yeah. I don't why would I even check in? The guy's, totally. a, the guy's a pro. Like, forget about it. And we will pour into more professional growth as well, but professional growth doesn't necessarily only mean coffee. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're really trying to take a holistic view of this whole thing. So, I mean, it's funny. We've had this talk like three times a day. It's because we're so into it. Yeah, I mean, Jared and I are, are pretty deep into personal growth right now in all aspects of our life. And we always have been. Actually. And we always have been, but I, th- I think now we just become like a little bit more vocal or a little bit more about aggressively pursuing passionate. It. And we think that like, you know, my, my analogy in the, in the morning was when we talked, was like, Oh yeah. If you decided that you wanted to learn a certain skill, you would just go out and learn it. Like let's say I want to drive a race car. Right. So I'm going to like actively pursue learning how to drive a race car. Right. But most people get to a certain age and they're like, okay, like I'm done being who I am as a person and I'm not going to like actively pursue like improving my quality of life, like from within and the way that I interact with the world around me. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to wrap this thing up all into a ball and hopefully that, you know, um, it can be part of a work-life balance, but people have like a really great experience of work and, and it's like, it's not just work-life balance. It's like a holistic, like yeah, life package. It brings the family vibes to it. It brings like, personal growth to the table i mean we could send you to a nutrition class and that's personal growth yeah that's that's education that's part of it who knows so again and i think i think a lot of these are fun because uh, especially the ones we talked about earlier they don't require a lot of money no but the, the any, impact any, on your life is anybody so can do bigger. them yeah people just don't end up doing them because they're so busy or they're unable to pay for it a lot of the time right you just make it a priority yeah and so part of our life will be making that a priority for the people who work with us. Um, so that's that's kind of where we're at. So, you know, and financial responsibility we will take on. I mean... There's many ideas. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of theories on how to split this up. Um, so, yeah, that that remains to be seen. But, yeah, if, there, if there's one thing that I would have wanted out of previous employment it was just maybe like the chance to engage on a deeper level and things that i was passionate about i hope that again like jared said we could talk for hours about the stuff but I, I hope that kind of answers your question a little bit and put it put you on the right track jared's looking at your email right now reading yeah, it i'm just really getting closely. real close to make sure i don't have yeah. anything more to say because i mean you have you have some really great questions it's all man development not not barisa but just development is highly important. And I think you're, you're talking to and asking questions of two dudes who believe very much in development on all levels, not just as a barista. And I think if we can get in the mindset as people where we're trying to develop ourselves, 
in general, we're going to be better at being a barista or whatever that is that you end up doing in coffee or the world. It's bigger than just coffee. That's the thing. I think the whole thing that is my takeaway, my thing, if I could say anything to anybody, is that having a coffee company should somewhat be about coffee, but it's bigger than that. Coffee is the catalyst for your change. What change do you want to make? Right. For sure. It's got to be bigger than that. I have zero interest in opening a coffee. Okay, you just started. You opened it up. Fuck everyone. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero interest in opening my own coffee company to be able to say, it's my coffee company. Like, I will take pride in that. But if the end goal... The end goal for me is not like I work for myself. I get to do what I want. That's not at all actually attractive to me, even a little bit. It's it's actually like kind of gross sounding to me to hear that, sadly. I want to open up coffee companies, this coffee company, to be able to teach other people to open up coffee companies, to be able to be successful so that somebody or somebody's in my company can go open up other shops to, yes, sure, support me, support themselves and pass on that support so that ultimately specialty coffee can grow. These people can go out and live lives and give their families and people around them something cool and awesome because they can hopefully can afford to do something with their lives. and They don't have to work to live, but they can, or yeah, exactly. Live to work. Live to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But backwards, I don't want people to have to live to work. I want them to have their lives. I want them to just, this is real and it's doable. And if you're willing to teach and you're willing to pass on and you're willing to sacrifice and you're willing to give a shit about somebody besides yourself, and if you care about growth and you force, if you bring on people who are willing to grow with you and give them the opportunity to grow, it doesn't have to only be about money and it will yield money long term. And that money should not be the reason that you're doing it. The money keeps you afloat and keeps you open and everything else is the important shit. That's just my random Real done. talk. I'm like very passionate about that. Are you? I can't tell. I know. I just like, <laughs> I get fired up. I want to start yelling at shit. I want, I get hungry. You, you can't yell because Patrick will yell at us. I know. Hitting, peak the meter. We hit the rev limiter here. We're it, redlining. Dude. I mean, it's like this. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> worst case, worst case scenario is still a best case scenario. Worst case scenario, somebody learns everything I got to teach them and they leave and they start their own coffee shop and they push specialty coffee forward. Second best, they leave and they love us so much. They're like, we'll use your coffee and that's awesome. And everybody continues to win. We continue to grow together. And the best best is that they just open more of our shops and we stay in the family and we continue to pour into them and they help support more people doing this. And we turn this thing into like a huge culinary school for coffee that yields your own partial ownership of your own shop under the Cat and Cloud brand. Yeah, so you're talking about big picture shit right here. I just can't. Uh, the whole is thing like, is just like in my brain, and I'm in the process well, of putting it together with you. And it's it's cool though. It's like what it's it's what we talked about when we were walking here. When it's like, okay, if someone leaves and they go open their own shop, that's fantastic. Awesome. Enjoy yourself. Because we were talking about okay, like let's focus on not getting the biggest piece of the pie, but just making the pie bigger. Make the pie bigger. Grow don't. specialty coffee, and everyone's gonna be better yeah. off. Because specialty coffee is growing aggressively and there's way more third wave shops than there's ever been. Right. But let's be real. Like one out of 10 people maybe know what we're doing. Yeah. The majority of the people in our country are not drinking third wave specialty coffee. They're not. No. 
which means that there's that much more potential yeah, it's to out be there. tapped into. It's fully out there. So like, if we can just make more people aware and that becomes the norm, everyone's going to be everyone's going to be fine. What I want to make sure that doesn't happen is it's like I want that family to continue to grow tighter and bigger. And I want to bring that pie. That's the pie, right? The pie, everything that's important comes down to the people you hire. And then coffee is actually probably secondary to it. Yeah. I mean, the, and I love coffee, but that's I mean, like my opinion. Everybody knows that, though, right? Well, I maybe, hope, maybe, I maybe hope everybody, everybody knows that. Know that. I don't think everybody but knows yeah, that. It, it, should, it should be obvious. Yeah. I actually am afraid that a lot of business owners go, I want to work for myself. I can make amazing coffee, and that's going to do it. And then the doors get open, and they don't have a long term vision. And they're like, well, I make the best coffee. Now what? And either one, they don't trust people, and they are, that's your life. I'm a, I'm a owner operator of this one place forever. And if you want that, perfect that's it but that is it you're in or you're like what do i do with myself i didn't think about what could happen if i was wildly successful more so than i planned i only thought i was going to open up and just kill it for a minute now i might want to take like a two-month vacay like oh snap you know what i'm saying (laughs) like what do you do and you got to think ahead and i don't want i don't want people to like have to do that so i want to help them continue I'll shut up. You you just got trubied all over. That's a yeah. That's a true. That's, that's a true. You just got trubed. Yeah, true. I just I'm sorry. You tapped into. The I hope trubie. you don't hate me, everyone. But uh, yeah, you know, I know you don't hate me. It's okay. I love you. Truby, just be ranting. Um, <sighs> man, guys, those are really awesome. Questions. Those are great questions. They're all awesome. Even the one that I read that wasn't a question was a great commentary. That's a cat fact. That's a cat fact. And thanks for writing in. It's really awesome to see that people write in and. Um, I, I want to hear more and Jared wants to hear more of, of what you guys are thinking. Cause it's cool to pick your brain and I want, I want to be inside your brain. Yeah. Keep sending the questions. We really appreciate it. Keep sending the questions. You can send them at info at cat and or you can go to the website cat and and uh, fill out the little contact form. It goes just straight. To me and JT, we we basically we read everything that you send us, and we will get at you. Get at me, dog. All right, that wraps up this Q and A of the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, brought to you by the Pull String Press. This is Chris Baca, and I'm Jared Truby, and we're your friends, and we ran hard. I don't know where that was going. Have you seen my shows? Have you seen my if they were hot? Yes, now. Oh, man. Get game Wanna in headlock. So good. I'm over here. I'm, I'm over there. there. I'm everywhere. They not. You'll never play me nice try. Oh. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Hello, no Mr. Mr. Nice Watch. One day. Undia. J. Cole. Oh, so good. How good is J. Cole? So good. He's 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 one of the guys who can write. Listen to J. Cole's lyrics. Just go write it. I kind of wrote him off at first because he had that one hit song, and I was like, oh, all right, this guy's got a tight hit song. Which one? The uh, um. Can't get enough. Yeah. I need enough. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. That's good. One. But actually, that one's good too. I can't get enough. Yeah, I got better. And then the uh, um. Workout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That workout song was whack. But it was good that it was whack. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, I don't know. But then in the context of the album, yeah. It fits in the album really well. That album is the best. The album album. is sick. And his lyrics are sick. Front to back. 
front to back, and he's talking about real stuff. Hard, like real, real stuff. stuff. Yeah, he's not just showing he's, off. He's not like, I got a car. Cool. Yeah. Look like at how rich I, I am. Look at how rich I am. Yeah. He was like telling. It was pretty funny yeah. the commentary about like, oh, I got signed by The Rock and then got thrown in jail because I was pulled over because I was like driving dirty, which is sick. That's <laughs> like he got super serious. Yeah, then, that very night. And he's it, just sitting in there. I just got signed. He's like, I'm fucking signed. To I can't believe label. I'm about to leave and get signed. You guys fucking suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up in here. And, or, dude. Lights, please. Oh, it's like a pretty yeah. intense song. Addiction to sexuality. It's like pretty heavy. Yeah, and he's just like, edition. he's like, dude, the, I have all this real shit on my mind. Yeah. Like people are and dying. I keep getting distracted and, by just and, wanting to and get she's some. She's just like, actually, we're just going to bang. Yeah. He's like, oh, actually, now I just want to bang. And he's yeah, like, he's fuck. Like, conflicted in my brain. Exactly. All the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Human element. Well, Cat and Cloud. Have you seen my shows? Have you seen my hoes? If Everyone hot, but they'd be so thick. Mm, I guess yep. not. Game in headlock. Man, it's such a good line too. <laughs> we got a everybody got a bad side. Watch me. Let me see that shit. What you think? Cole hot mouth. Where you read that shit? You believe that shit? All the lame people tweet that shit? Have you seen my shows? Have you seen my hoes? If it wasn't hot, would they be so thick? Ha! I guess not. Got a game in headlock. I'm blasting that shit. I'm laughing. It's like the best line ever. You believe that? All cause some lame people tweet that? Don't mind me, boy. I'm red hot. Yeah, just come no, on. I'm over here. Not. I'm over there. I'm everywhere. They not. You guys have a good night. All right. Just if you want to hear the raps. Yeah. If anybody knows how we can get uh, a little release on any of J Cole's music that we can put on the podcast. Yeah. You you get your own free episode. Oh, that's true. For sure. That's all we have to offer. Tom Chips. Good night. Yeah. <laughs>